Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the evening service of Sunday the 28th of April 2013, entitled The Warfare of the Christian. And the Bible reading is taken from 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1 to 6. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. Alright, we're taking our reading this evening from 2 Corinthians chapter 10, reading verses 1 through 6. Now I, Paul, myself beseech you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, who in presence am base among you, but being absent and bold toward you. But I beseech you that I may not be bold when I am present with that confidence, wherewith I think to be bold against some which think of us as if we walked according to the flesh. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ, having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Father, thank you again this evening for the time that we have together. Lord, we thank you that as we gather together here this evening that we can know that, Lord, your presence is assured with us, that it's your word that we're looking into. And Lord, that it's by the power of your spirit that you can take these words and, Lord, you can speak them to hearts as only you can this evening. So we ask you to do that, Lord, for your glory, for your honor alone. In Christ's name we pray, amen and amen. Well, not a new subject this evening, certainly. A passage that is probably familiar to most of you. And I don't plan on showing you any deep, hidden secrets this evening. You know, sometimes it's like so many things. I can remember that so many things in life that uh, occasionally you have to go in and be uh, uh, recertified. Uh, sometimes you have to, uh, uh, to be reminded of things. And, and, uh, uh, and this is one of those things that I'm sure won't be new to you this evening, but the reality of the battles that we have to fight every day as Christians. Not every day, but literally every hour of our lives. Uh, we have a battle to fight. And, uh, and we find in this scripture here that uh, as the Apostle Paul is writing to the church at Corinth under inspiration of the Holy Spirit, that he gives us some things that sometimes we just need to be reminded of that can help us uh, to be able to truly believe when we sing songs like Victory in Jesus, that we truly believe that the victory is ours in the battles that, uh, that we uh, are fighting. So simple thought this evening, the warfare of the Christian now, it seems that uh, uh, somehow, somewhere along the way, there's uh, uh, rumors been started with some people that, uh, you know, when you get saved, man, everything is just a bed of roses after that. Life becomes so easy. Uh, there's never any more problems that, uh, that you'll have to face uh, because being a Christian just wipes all of that out. Uh, well, I'm not sure where that started. Um, I know where it's going, and that's nowhere uh, because our Christian life, is full of battles. Um, we may not face the same persecution that the early church did. We may not face the same persecution that even some of our brothers and sisters in Christ are fighting even while we are right here in our comfortable surroundings this evening because there is real persecution that many Christians have to fight, a, a battle that is, that is genuine and not just in the spirit, but uh, every day of their lives they're fighting spiritually in a physical world as well. But 
even though we're not maybe persecuted for our faith like some, we are constantly, every day of our lives, uh, we are confronted with opposition to our faith. Uh, we're faced on every, every way that anything that would try to, to lessen our faith, to weaken our faith. And of course, this passage deals with strongholds uh, that need to be tore down in our lives uh, in this battle that we're fighting. Now, I looked up the, def- the definition for the word stronghold, and it said this. It says, a large fortified place, a fort or group of forts, often including a town or a citadel. So we find that as we begin to, to look at this, I want us to uh, just examine a few things about this warfare that we're in. And the, the first one that I want to, to point out to you that we see here is what I'm simply calling the weakness in the Christian. He said here again in verse 3 and 4, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Now, in this battle that the Christian is engaged in, our passage is talking about pulling down of strongholds. Well, it's these very strongholds that he's talking about. We think of a stronghold as something that is strong. It is. But for us as the Christian, from the spiritual person, It's the weakness in our life, not the strength. It's not our stronghold. It is strongholds that are within us. It's these very strongholds that, if we're not careful, uh, will defeat the Christian. You see, it might seem like a a contradiction in in, in terms uh, when we define it as a fortified place, as a fort or or a group of forts and so on and so forth. But while that's true, You know, sometimes that which is fortified, that which is the stronghold, is not there to our advantage. Sometimes those strongholds can be to our disadvantage. It may be the stronghold that we're fighting against, not the stronghold that is is protecting us. Certainly here, if he's telling us to pull them down, that's the first hint that they're obviously not something that is good for us. Uh, There's not, there's something that is obviously fortified against us rather than for us that he's talking about here. Um, that which is a stronghold um, in a way that, uh, that we must battle against it, in fact, uh, uh, that becomes the weakness in our spiritual battles that we are, that we are fighting. Um, a few things about strongholds that we need to keep in mind. First of all, we know from this text, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So strongholds have to do with the flesh. Matter of fact, if you back up in our reading to verse 2 and 3, he said, but I beseech you that I may not be bold when I am present with that confidence wherewith I think to be bold against some, which think of us as if we walked according to the flesh. Although we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. You see, the flesh will never fight against itself. Your flesh does not want to destroy itself. Your flesh wants to enjoy itself as much as it possibly can. And, you know, 
as a Christian, you know, I've got news for you. You may think this is, you know, this is maybe a preacher. What in the world? You know, sin can be fun sometimes. Your flesh can enjoy sin. Now, you're not going to be able to live with it on the inside maybe, but you're pretty foolish to think that your flesh can't enjoy sin. In fact, the Bible talks about joy for a season. It'll always catch up with you. You see, the devil never shows you the end of the story. We're reminded maybe of the story of the prodigal son in scriptures. You know, he saw the high life and he saw all that his, his riches could, could do for him. And he went out in the Bible, tell, he went out and he just lived a wild, righteous life and he blew his money and he partied. But then suddenly when his money was gone, his friends were gone and the devil didn't show him the pigsty at the end of it where he was going to end up. You know, the simple truth is, is that we will never get to the point in this life that we can't be tempted in the flesh that our flesh may not actually want to do something that is not godly. But the flesh will never, ever, ever fight against itself. Uh, we don't use the things of the flesh in the world to do battle um, with the matters that are, that are being put before us here. So, so the first thing is to remember that these strongholds that need to be pulled down they have to do with your flesh. They're strongholds in your flesh, not in your spiritual life, not in the good life. These are strongholds that need to be ripped apart, that need to be torn down, that need to be destroyed. And strongholds are not your fortifications. They're fortifications of Satan. Satan is the one that still tries to work through the flesh. We find that within every believer, we find that so many times something can begin by just maybe not even wanting, but tolerating maybe would be a good word. Tolerating just a little white sin. You know, it's, it's not that bad. It's not so, 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 so we're just not troubled with it that much. The problem is when we tolerate a sin to any degree, guess what? It's going to get bigger. It's never going to get smaller. It's going to grow. It's going to get bigger and it's going to get bigger. And so these strongholds that are Satan's, you know, it's just like, Nobody ever starts out being a drug addict. They don't begin by being addicted to that. They start out with a little bit and they build a bit more and a bit more and a bit more until finally it's through the continuous use of that that they become addicted to it. And the same thing can happen with any sin in our life. It may seem like such a very small thing and we may have some way of rationalizing it away, which we'll talk about in a minute, but the simple truth is is that these strongholds that are there, they have to do with our flesh and their fortifications of Satan himself. He's the one that wants to destroy you. Something else about strongholds that we need to keep in mind. Strongholds will bring death. <laughs> strongholds are sin. The wages of sin is death. Now, it may or may not bring physical death because I do believe that there are times when God says that's enough. And there's times when sin can lead us down such a destructive path that it ends there. But it will most certainly destroy spiritual life. It'll bring spiritual death. Or it'll bring death to a Christian's usefulness for God. It'll get a person to a point to where they can absolutely accomplish nothing. Paul dealt with this back in 1 Corinthians in his first letter to this church in chapter 9, verse 27, when he said, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. 
You see, even the great apostle, he knew that he had a battle on his hands to keep his flesh in subjection, to keep his flesh down because there was a possibility that even though he stood there and he preached and he proclaimed these truths to others, that he still had a battle in his own life that it got in, he could be destroyed, even though that he was the very one that was standing there proclaiming those truths. He didn't want to see that come, that when he had spent his life preaching the truth to others, that he himself should be cast away of himself. Strongholds, they have to do with your flesh, the fortifications of Satan. They cause death. They hinder spiritual growth. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like, if you, if, have you ever tried to see through muddy water? You just can't do it. <laughs> You know, you, could, you go up to some places, and I, and I mean, you know, one of the things that I think is absolutely beautiful, there's, there's something tranquil about water. But it's, there's a big difference when you can go up and you can look into that water and you can see through the water. And you can see all those beautiful fish and stones and whatever else, you know, that's, that's, that's down underneath that water. It, it can be such a beautiful, tranquil sight, but I've never seen anything beautiful about a mud puddle. <laughs> I've never seen anything beautiful about a muddy river that I couldn't see anything in. The problem is, is the strongholds in our life, they'll muddy the waters of our understanding. You know, we've, I guess, had jokes over the years, you know, about, uh, you know, people having muddy water that uh, nothing could get through to their brains and things like this, but that's what strongholds will do. You see, we need to understand the Scriptures if we're going to apply the Scriptures. You know, just, just reading them, we can memorize them, but if we don't understand what it's saying, what difference is it going to make? You know, I've, I've actually, I'm sure you've done the same thing. You know, sometimes we'll teach kids even to, to maybe sing a song in Spanish, but they don't speak Spanish. But they can go through and they can sing all those words and they can memorize them and they're saying them absolutely perfectly, but they don't understand a word of what they're singing or saying. It can be the same way with the Word of God. We can read it. We can know it. We can repeat the words and quote the words, but we need to understand it if we're going to apply it to our lives. The truth is that it's only the Holy Spirit that can give us that understanding. This understanding cannot, you know, I think it was Antonio and I were talking a bit before the service. You know, there's a big difference. People can have all kinds of education, and I'm, I'm a lover of education. I, I've never seen anything about dumbness that attracted me. But there's a big difference in just having the world's education being educated by God. You know, we, we can know a lot of things, but the truth is, is that in our lives, we need to have spiritual understanding. And the Bible itself tells us that, you know, the carnal man can't understand spiritual things. The fleshly man can't can understand those things. There's those strongholds in the flesh that if we're not careful, when we allow those things to be in our lives, they'll hinder our spiritual understanding, even though we might be reading our Bibles. You know, we studied some time back. We went through a whole series on the Holy Spirit. We saw that when Jesus was getting ready to go back to the Father, one of the reasons that he gave us the Holy Spirit was to give us understanding so that we could have God's understanding of his word and not just man's. I'll tell you something else strongholds can do for you, and they can bring embarrassment. You know, have you ever... I started to say, have, have you ever felt like that you were a defeated Christian? Have you ever felt just, just 
just just just beat down like you've been in the battle and and, and I mean you know you've just you just taken so much and you really feel like that you just can't take anymore or maybe you've seen others the sad thing is is that we can all feel defeated sometimes but we have to have a strength that is beyond our own but I can look around as I'm sure that you can People that I know, people that I've seen that have, that have been in the battles, that have been great soldiers, that have, that have fought tremendously for the Lord. And yet, they got defeated somewhere along the way. They ended up a castaway like Paul was afraid to. They ended up getting beat down and defeated. And simple truth is, that's a pretty embarrassing thing. You know, sometimes Christians can sit around and they can see God using this person and God using that person and, and God doing something great over here. And they say, well, why isn't God using me? Why is nothing good happening in my life? Maybe there's some strongholds there that need to be pulled down because those strongholds will hinder. It'll hinder the work of the Spirit. It'll hinder work for you. It can make you completely ineffective as a Christian it can make you just want to shy away. You see, if, if the devil can get you embarrassed, you don't want to face anybody then. You just kind of shy away and hide under a stone somewhere and not do anything. According to our text here, these strongholds that have all these negative aspects to us, they involve our imagination. They have to do with our mind. What did he say there in verse 5? Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Oh, wow. You ever thought something you shouldn't have thought as a Christian? He's talking about, you know, the, the fact is Satan's there. We're fighting a battle. You know, I've heard it said many times that, that the mind is where the battles take place a lot of times. You got, you got the forces of darkness that are trying to, to tempt and to put these thoughts there. You got the Spirit that's there trying to put the right things there. We know that this is, I guess, illustrated in different ways in the Scriptures. This, this battle, the same apostle when he was there and he talked about this battle that was raging within him. That, you know, when he, when he wanted to do what was right, he did what was wrong. And when he did what was wrong, he did what was, you know, he just, he just couldn't figure this out. Why? I've got a desire. I don't want to do these things. But there's a battle. You see, wrong imaginations, when we allow them to continue, imaginations become meditations. We begin to think on them. Our minds can run away with us. Sometimes, you see, you can't, you can't stop every bad thought from coming into your mind. And as long as you have to deal with the flesh, there's going to be some to come there. I know you think I'm too spiritual for it, but believe it or not, I have a bad thought every now and then. <laughs> I think something that I think, why in the world did you think that? You know, where did that come from? The thing is, you know, when, we, when, when that imagination comes, when that, when that thought comes in, do we grab onto it? Do we begin to feed it? Do we begin to run with it and let it go and take us further and further and further away from the Lord? Or do we put a stop to it right then? You see, this is part of the real battle that we have to face every day, and we all have to face it. You're not the only Christian out there that has to fight battles in your mind, that, that has to worry about your imagination. You see, it's interesting that when you look up this word imaginations here, 
We know it has to do with the mind, the, the carnal reasoning of the flesh, if you would. But it, the word that's translated imaginations here also carries with it the idea of arguing. Anybody like a good argument? <laughs> as long as you're winning? Well, apparently there's an argument that goes on between the spiritual you and the fleshly you. <laughs> there's arguments that take place in your mind. The mind arguing against the spirit. It's a stronghold that the devil's trying to put there. He's trying to fortify it. He's trying to make it stronger. He's trying to build those walls up to where that you can't get rid of them. But the Bible says those strongholds can be pulled down, and they need to be pulled down. You see, those imaginations that that stronghold is going to be removed. If we're going to cast down those imaginations, as he says here, those, that, those things in our minds that are in contradiction to the Scripture, to the Word of God, if we're going to refuse them, and that takes some doing. That's really hard sometimes. We can imagine something to be right and okay, and we can rationalize it away all that we want to. That doesn't make it right. Matter of fact, it doesn't give it any relation to truth whatsoever. You can build yourself up to believe something in your mind, that has nothing, nothing, nothing to do with God's Word. Strongholds, they have to do with opinions that are held by you in your mind that conflict with the Scriptures. You see, he says, and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, every high thing, whatever's there, that tries to put itself above God's word, God's truth. It needs to be destroyed. That should tell us something. It should tell us that everything that enters our mind, everything, if we're going to allow it to be there, if we're going to dwell on it, if we're going to think about it, then it needs to be weighed against the truth, against God's word. Now, I know this wouldn't be true with any of you here this evening, but, you know, there's an awful lot of Christians out there that they don't spend very much time in God's truth every day. <laughs> they don't spend much time with God at all. We're lucky. I mean, real lucky if we get them for one hour and a half service a week. We're really, really lucky if we get them for two. But the truth is, every day of our lives, we need God's Word. We have minds imaginations. The devil builds strongholds there and, and all kinds of things. Folks, we could go through a whole list and that's, there's no point in doing that this evening. You see, a lot of those imaginations get there because of, because the things you watch on TV. All kinds of thoughts and imaginations can go in your mind. Uh, they can get there sometimes even subtly and subconsciously without even realizing it because of music you listen to. You know, I mean, you know, there's all kinds of, oh, this nice love music out there. It'd be a whole lot better to call it lust music instead of love music. <laughs> got nothing to do with real love. <laughs> but it's got a nice beat, and it feels good, and it sounds good, and guess what? Your flesh likes it. <laughs> we read the papers. We watch the news. We work around all these lost people all day long. That's why I said this morning as I encouraged you, to be active in the, in the summer youth camp. 
to realize that, man, these youngsters, even to, to get them out of the world, even for a week, all those influences, all those things, and yes, to become a bit of a kid yourself and to laugh and to have some fun with them, and yet at the same time, to have time to really pour a lot of God's word into them. It's amazing what you can do in a week when you've got no TVs and no radios and none of those other things to distract. The problem is, it's not just the kids. With us, there's so much junk that's going into our minds every day from all kinds of, of sources out there. And you better believe the devil's going to use all of it that he possibly can. If we're going to let it in our mind, then we ought to be able, we ought to be able to test it against the Word of God before we give it a place. We can be deceived. Man, I, you know, I, I still, I find that simple verse that tells us that our own hearts can be deceitful above all things. <laughs> Whoa. You know, I mean, I can, I can have absolutely total confidence in the fact that it's right and it's what it should do and yet be totally deceived if it's not God's word this way, if it's not God's word that's being the judgment on it. So, so the first thing there, and I'm going to leave you with that thought, there's a lot of things that we could say about it, but simply the weakness in all of us as Christians are these strongholds, these strongholds of the flesh. And it's amazing as Christians, so many times a person gets saved and they know, well, you know, this is wrong and that's wrong. I mean, you don't have to read a whole lot about your Bible to know that, you know, as a Christian, you shouldn't go out and murder anybody and you shouldn't go out and rape anybody and you shouldn't go out and get drunk out of your head and you, there's, there's all kinds of things. You, go, you know you shouldn't do those things. But boy, there's an awful big long list of gray things in there. <laughs> and it's not always easy. The truth is, is that the more of God's word you have in you, the more the right choices you can make because... <laughs> Don't feel like you're the Lone Ranger. If you are, I'm Tonto right there with you because we all struggle with it sometimes. This is what we're talking about. This is battles that if we're honest as Christians, we all have to face. And the simple truth is, if you don't think it's there, then the devil's really got a stronghold on you. We need to recognize that it's a weakness that we all have because we all still have the flesh. That's where these strongholds are, and we need to deal with it. Okay, so if we recognize that there is this weakness, and anytime there's a weakness that we need to deal with it, the second thing is not the weakness of the Christian, but the weapons of the Christian. How are we going to deal with this? What did verse 3 say? Therefore, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Verse 4 says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. The strongholds can be pulled down, but they're not going to be pulled down with all of your best intentions, with all of your great desires of how great that you're going to be as a Christian and all these things that you're going to do. You'll not be able to pull them down. They'll not be pulled down by you. They'll be pulled down by God. You see, he said the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. We can't battle the enemy in the flesh. We can try, but I'll tell you, it's a hopeless battle. There's no point to even attempt it. You're just wasting your energies. 
Of course, you know, we battle all kind of battles in ourselves, but you know one of the worst battles that we face every day of our lives? Do you know what Satan wants more than anything else in the world? He wants that lost person to stay lost. <laughs> he wants to have them forever, not just for now. And you see, that's why then in all of this, ultimately it comes down, Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. Satan is the destroyer. He's here to kill, to steal, and to destroy. And he wants to destroy forever. And you see, in all of this, if he can get those strongholds in our flesh, then he can hinder us. You know, it, it's funny, if you, if you really stop and think about it, you know, whatever it is, you know, we could go through whatever it might be in your life, whatever that, that stronghold might be, what if you finally rationalize that it's not that bad a thing? And what if you battle with that thing and it's not that bad a thing and all that? And what if you live your whole life with that stronghold that you've been determined to enjoy in the flesh hindered one person from going to heaven? Well, that's something that scares me. But the problem is it doesn't scare me enough. It doesn't scare any of us enough. We need to grasp the reality. What Satan is trying to do is in any way he can, if you're being effective, if you're being used for God, he wants to lessen that. If you're not being used, he wants to keep you from being used. If you're lost, he wants to keep you lost for all of eternity. You see, it also means that when we go to witness to somebody, there's no point in witnessing to anybody in the flesh. <laughs> Man can come up with all kinds of great soul-winning ideas. If you do this and do this and do this, and you get them to say this, and you get them to sign this, and all these little trucks just, just to keep notching up. Well, we had, you know, 400 people saved last week. We can't witness to people in the flesh. We can't accomplish anything in the flesh. If we're going to present the gospel more than ever, we need the power of God. He's the only one that's going to be able to accomplish that. I don't, I don't care who they are, how interested or disinterested they are. It's only God that can save them. We know where we came from. Every one of us. None of us came from a different place. We all came from the mire. We were all sinners. Sadly, we're all still sinners, but hopefully saved by grace. And what we're talking about is tearing down these strongholds that would destroy us as Christians, destroy our effectiveness. And these weapons, we, you know, we, again, I just want you to grasp, you know, you can mean it with everything within you, but within yourself, You'll never win that battle. And I could put my hands up and say, I'm living evidence of that. Boy, there's enough of them that I've tried to fight my own ways in my own flesh and yet been defeated. It'll happen every time. You can never win a spiritual battle in the flesh. He goes on to say the weapons of our warfare are mighty through God. We don't have a chance in the flesh. There's absolutely no hope. There's nothing there. There's no weapon that we can use. But yet, in God, 
He says, the weapons of our warfare are mighty through God. You know that if you've got the right weapon, if it's powerful enough, Joseph was like this. He was trying to get me off to, I don't know, Afghanistan or somewhere flying a, a fighter pilot a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> Battles are fought all, all the time. We're talking about a more important battle than, than all those battles that men fight out there on the battlefields, whatever they're fighting for. We're talking about fighting for people's eternities. We're talking about fighting for your life. The truth is, is that if we've got the right weapon, I'll guarantee you, you know, that we, can, we can think about it. We can look at man's own, own thing. The simple truth is, is that, man, if the bomb's big enough, if you can take out enough people with it, and there's no way they're going to defeat you. <laughs> there's no way they're going to win. Well, we're fighting a bigger enemy than anybody else. There is no superpower that's ever been, that is, or that ever will be that can stand against the superpower that we're talking about here. We're talking about a battle that's tougher than any that man has ever fought. We're talking about an enemy that's more powerful than any that man has ever fought. But praise God, we've got a weapon that's mighty enough. We've got a weapon because, you see, we can't fail. Because spiritually, the Bible says that I'm in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to tell you something. It doesn't get any more powerful than that. There's no tank or no fighter, no nothing that I can get inside of that's going to protect me as much as being in Jesus Christ. And as Christians, that's the position that we have. When you fight a spiritual battle with the most powerful weapon in existence, you're not going to lose. You can't fail. You see, the Bible says, he holds, we can't even get our minds, he holds the power of the universe. We can't even begin to comprehend how powerful that he is, how mighty that this weapon is. The devil can have some pretty powerful strongholds in your life, in my life, in every Christian's life. You know what? There's not a stronghold in your flesh anywhere that can stand against Jesus when it's Jesus that comes against it. We need to make sure that we're fighting with the right weapon. Sometimes we can feel like that we're, we're just not winning this battle. We keep trying and we keep failing and we keep trying and we keep failing. Well, we're fighting with the wrong weapon. There's no way that if we fight with the weapon that God's given us, if we fight in his might, in his power, we can't lose. The victory is ours. He can pull down any stronghold that's ever been built in anybody, anywhere. There's not one the devil can put up that's stronger than our Lord. The weapons of our warfare are mighty through God. We get a glimpse of it too because, you know, one of the weapons that we have in our God is that right there that we just, and we fail to realize the power of what we've got. We leave it laying around collecting dust and doing all these things, but Ephesians 6, 17, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. That's a weapon that we've got. We put on that whole armor that he talks about to stand against all the wiles of Satan, and we take up the sword of the Spirit, which is. That's why whatever, you know, whatever the thought is, whatever the imagination is, whatever the devil's trying to put there, 
tested against God's word. Whatever the devil's trying to get you to believe, go back with God's word. You've got that weapon. He says also in the very next verse there in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for, is that some in your Bible? Mine says for all saints, for all saints. This is for you. This is for me. This is for every saint out there. He's just got through in these preceding verses equipping us with the armor that we need to stand against the enemy. And then he says to take up the sword of the Spirit and get on your knees and pray. We try to fight the battles ourselves instead of getting with God. We see the weakness of the Christian. We see the weapons of the Christian. I want to give you thirdly the warfare of the Christian. <laughs> We've got this real weakness that the enemy's coming against. We've got the weapons that he's told us that we need in order to defeat him. He's the one that says there, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. We've seen what the weapons are. What's the warfare there? Our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God. You see, if the battle's going to be won, you've got to be willing to do it God's way. I get some pretty bright ideas sometimes. <laughs> I mean, I think it's just, you know, sometimes I think it's just so wonderfully clever. <laughs> I think this is what needs to be done, and boy, I could do it this way, and that'll work. Yeah, you get some clever ideas sometimes too. <laughs> Problem is if they're not God's ideas. <laughs> if we're going to win this battle, we need to follow the commander's orders. <laughs> He's the one that's drawing up the battle plan. We've got to do it his way. We've got to let him direct us and not ourselves. We can come up with all kinds of good ideas to try to help this situation, but in the end, the warfare has got to be God's way. He says in the next verse, verse 5, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. You see, the warfare not only needs to be God's way, the warfare has got to be according to truth. First person you've got to get honest with is yourself. Then you've got to get honest with God. You know, denial. You know, they say the first step to helping an alcoholic is to get him to admit that he's an alcoholic. I'll promise you, if you've ever done much soul winning, which shame on you if you haven't, but if you've ever tried to win people to Christ, sometimes the biggest battle is getting them lost so that they can see that they need to be saved. They don't see anything wrong with their life. They don't understand that they're sinners. They don't understand that they need to be saved. Sadly, as Christians, you'd think when that battle was won for our eternity's sake, when we saw that we were sinners, we saw that we needed to get saved, we did what was necessary to get saved, then we turn around and play the same game again. What sin? What bad thought? You see, if this battle is going to be won, it's going to be done God's way. He's the one that's told us how to fight this battle here. And it's got to be based on truth. 
you got to be honest. you got to be honest with yourself. you got to be honest with God. It's got to be based upon his word, his truth, not what we think. Warfare, God's way, according to God's truth. Thirdly, you better be ready to act immediately. You see, what does he say to us here in verse 6? And having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. We've got to be ready. You see, chances are, if, if, if you can get out of this service tonight, if, if you can make it back to your home wherever it's at, without the devil attacking your mind and hitting some thought or, or some imagination or something there, then you've done good. <laughs> chances are you won't get out of here before the first one comes. I doubt if there's anybody here that will get to bed tonight without at least some thought coming to your mind that ought not to be there. That's unchristlike. Truth is, is that we all have to struggle with the same things, and we've got to be ready to act. As soon as the devil comes, we've got to act then. We can't put it off till later. We can't say, I'm going to deal with that another time. We must deal with it right now. Folks, we're in a spiritual warfare. The person that doubts that he's in that battle, I can assure you, you're already under attack. There's already at least one stronghold built in your life that's keeping you from realizing the battle you've got to fight. What did James say in James chapter 4, verse 7? Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil. And he will flee from you. Submit yourself to God and resist the devil. When the devil comes, when he tries to put that, that, that thought in your mind, he's trying to just, the start, the first step, every stronghold begins with one block, one brick. It begins with one piece of material. And then it's built upon. There's more, and there's more, and there's more. He's trying to get that first stone in your life. He's trying to get that first piece of material to build that stronghold there. But we've got to be willing to recognize that we've got to submit ourselves to God. That's, that's what this is all about, submitting ourselves to him, to his way, to his control, to his power, and resist the devil. Resist what he's trying to do. Don't let him play with your mind. You see, you have a promise. Now, if you can believe God to save you, then you better believe him for this. Because if he's wrong about this, he might have been wrong about what it took for you to get saved. If he could be wrong about anything, you got a problem. Truth is, he can't be wrong, can he? God said, submit yourself, therefore, to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. If we submit ourselves to God and resist whatever he's trying to bring against us, to tear us down, to build that stronghold, he has got to flee. You can resist yourself to all the good intentions and everything else, but it's only God 
It's when you submit yourself to God that you're ever going to resist him in the first place. Because if you're not submitted to him, you're not going to resist him anyway. He's just going to keep building that stronghold in your life. We've looked a lot at the book of Jude, and in Jude, verse 9, he said, Yet Michael the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses, durst not bring against him a railing accusation. Well, you mean old rascal, you... You know what you did, and you did this, and you're awful, and you're terrible, and you can just go against him all you want to. But he said, the Lord rebuke thee. Fact is, we've all got enough sin of our own. devil's not going to pay any attention to us. But we can go in the name of Jesus. Even the angel rebuked him in Jesus' name. The Lord rebuke you. It's Jesus Christ that rebukes you, Satan. I'm submitted to him. We can win the battles. We've all been unsuccessful sometimes. But it's not because God's plan doesn't work. It never fails. It's just because we fail to follow God's plan. We fail to do it his way. The devil wants to build strongholds in your life and my life. And he's more successful than he should be. The truth is, whatever strongholds he might have been successful in building up until now, they're not too big for him. You can't go back and change your past. Boy, if you had a chance, what things would you change in your past? What things are the things that bother you the most about what you've done? There's, there's things we'd all like to change. We can't change any of it. But the Lord can sure change our future. He can sure change what happens tomorrow. Don't let the devil. You know, one of the things he, he'll try to beat you up at the fact about how low down and terrible you are because you did this and you did that and you didn't do that. Well, yeah, you probably did. Fact is, that's why Jesus came to save you. You know what? He knew everything that you would do before he went to the cross for you. <laughs> he knew what a disgrace that all of us would be. I've told you many times, I, <laughs> I don't know for the life of me why God wanted to save me. I sure don't know why he wanted to call me to preach. <laughs> His grace is bigger than my mind can even imagine. But he loved us that much. How could God love me so much when he knew I'd be such a miserable failure? <laughs> I don't know, but he did. And he did for you. Don't let the devil beat you up with all your past failings. Just don't give in to the devil anymore. Submit yourself to God and resist him. Fight the battle that's there with the weapons that God has given you. Fight the battle the way that God has laid it, laid it out. You will be victorious. There's no question about it. If we just learn, if we just do it his way, we could avoid so much of the suffering in our Christian lives. Father, I thank you this evening that, Lord, we have a chance to just look once again at this passage in your word that... Lord, is there to help us because we are in battles, and Lord, the, the battle is one that is real. Lord, we know that you tell us right here that well, the battle that we're fighting is not carnal. We're fighting against the powers of darkness. We're fighting against principalities. 
We're fighting against that which is much, much bigger than any of us are in the flesh. But, Lord, we've got a weapon that's sufficient because we're in one that can withstand anything. We're in one that can stand against anything that the devil brings against him. He's already won the victory. <laughs> he won it at Calvary. Whether or not the devil realizes that he's beat yet is hard to understand, but he is defeated. Jesus has already done it. And I pray this evening, because I know, Lord, that, well, we all have some real struggles in our flesh, but I pray that you'd just help us. There's not a one of us that can't falter in the flesh, but there's not a one of us that can possibly fail in the spirit. Lord, thank you for being there for us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.